0: Hey everyone, this is Stefan from projectlifemastery.com and right now I'm sitting down with Mike Rashid who is a professional boxer, a vegan bodybuilder and a very successful online entrepreneur. He's founder of the company called the Ambrosia Collective which is a nutraceutical company that focuses on creating products to help you optimize your health. One of the products here is called Planta. This is a plant-based protein uh, powder which has some pretty remarkable flavors. This one is strawberry shortcake. Really looking forward to trying this. Uh, but last year you guys did five million in sales. Uh, this year you're going to do seven million in sales, and you guys uh, are growing fast. You built other successful businesses, one of which you sold this year for seven figures. Um, and so I'm looking forward to interviewing interviewing you, and just want to say thanks for taking the time.
2: Oh, uh, thanks for having me. It's kind of cool that we're here together because you know, in my researching for uh, how to do Amazon properly, you guys came up, and I've been you guys are the only ones I've been following, you know pertaining to this outside of just random people just getting information. So awesome. this is kind of cool we linked up having cool, to see each other yeah. in the gym. we
0: saw each other at Gold's Gym and he recognized us from our videos and that's why we're here today. And uh, you know a lot of my audience um, they're brand new, right? So they're just getting started to wanting to build their online business and Uh, You know whether that's on Amazon or e-commerce or affiliate marketing or creating their own product or service. And then another segment of my audience, they've already got a business. They've maybe got a product on Amazon, their own Shopify store or whatever it might be, but they want to scale that up and grow it. So I wanted to pick your brain on, I guess, those components. Um, I know you've been involved and had success in a lot of different arenas that I think will be very valuable for somebody that's watching this. But do you want to maybe start just with your story, like how you got started with entrepreneurship and even kind of how you've transitioned from being a professional athlete, and you still are, but now to running
2: successful businesses? Okay. So my story is, is kind of weird, right? Because the professional athlete part came later, right. and I'll get into that. So in about 2011, 2010, 2010, 2009, I was a, uh, a personal trainer just a normal trainer. Um, I worked at Goals Gym in Long Beach. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was pretty good at it. Um, I had a goal after the first year. I was going to take my clients outside of the gym and train them independently. So I wrote all of these goals down. I had a whole... It was like, get this certification, that certification, do this. You know, um, everything was written down. So about a year in maybe a little bit over, I happened to go back to that book, and I forgot that I wrote this stuff out. And I'm reading, I'm like, I hit everything on here. So I was like, all right, it's time for me to go ahead and do the independent thing. And it's funny because I ended up being, you know, the top. Uh, As a personal trainer, you have to sell the training packages. So when you first start out, they have you go and re re rack weights, and they'll kind of feed you clients here and there, but you're supposed to start drumming up business on your own. So, uh, once I really figured out how to sell the training, I knew how to train. I've been in fitness all my life. I, be- I became a- an amateur boxer at the age of 12. So, since 12 to now, I've always been in shape, active, you know, just living the life. But I didn't know how to sell it. I was like, the membership's only $50. The training, I got to ask them for $70 for one hour with me? How can I do this? So, I just figured it out. And I was, I had it. Once I had it, I had it, right? So <clears throat> it was fun. It was like, it almost became like a game. Like no one was able to sit down with me for a consultation and not buy. Right. It was a game, right? So anyway, I was doing like 80% of the, the gym's PT revenue. We had like 12 trainers. I did almost all the business. However, we got paid nothing, right? They take so much money from you. So even with that being said... It was still scary quitting the gym and working for myself. I mean, out the gate, I would make a lot more money, right? But I was so, I guess you become, it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. Like, you're a slave or you love this little tiny paycheck because you know it's coming, right? And uh, I was just afraid to shake that boat, but I did it. And um, the first month, I made like 15 grand. And that's from four thousand to fifteen right so i'm like all right this is i like this this is gonna work so then i didn't make money for like two months i like damn this is not good so i was uh charging people the way that i charged them at the gym you know with big packages and i learned that doesn't work for me independently right so i started doing monthly right and then that worked so it kind of normalized my income coming in and uh What I would do, I started utilizing YouTube to track my clients' progress, right? Instead of just having a picture of before and after, I had that too, but I also had videos of when Sarah could only do one pull-up. Now she's doing 10 pull-ups, right? Of course, with her performance increasing, she's going to look amazing as well. And I'm always performance-based because I know that's how you get real, real gains. So that was getting me more clients, right? And also, every now and then, I would put videos of me doing training. Because what, what made me successful as a trainer was the fact that I, was, I made sure I was in better shape than everybody in my gym. Um, nobody could outdo me anything. I'm real competitive like that. And uh, I really care about if you're giving me, I don't care if it's $20 for an hour or $200, i am going to give you the best service possible. So I constantly qualify myself, got multiple certifications, um, and I love training. I've always been active, so I've always dialed into that. And that's what was getting me more business. I tell people all the time, to be successful in business, your product has got to be good. Yeah. But I don't care about your marketing, this, that, and the third. The bottom line is the product has got to be good. And in that business, I was the product, right? My, the information, my wisdom, and me, them looking at me because I don't care what anybody says. I can't follow somebody in a field and they don't look the part, I'm sorry. I don't care that you used to do it, or you had an injury, ah, that's fine, but you gotta, you know, you gotta lead. It's that credibility and like the congruence of that, right, Right. and people, what you're sharing
0: is that much more powerful when you look the part versus someone that just has all the theory, the knowledge, which in the
2: fitness space, there's plenty of people like that, but they don't have the results. There's so much of that. So YouTube gave me an interesting dynamic And what I did, because most trainers weren't doing that, right? So, and I wasn't doing it for no other reason other than really wanting to track my client's progress. I'm proud that you can do this now. You know what I'm saying? So, the fact that it worked marketing-wise was a byproduct. I wasn't thinking about that. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Nothing that I've done so far, I've done okay, like, so far. And I've never went into any of my ventures with the mindset of how much money I'm going to make, how I'm going to market this, this and a third. When people give me credit for being a good businessman, I'm like, I'm not. I'm just a normal guy who I happen to do things that that I think that I'm good at and that I really like to do or really want to do. So it always works out, right? So that's how, so with, with that, with YouTube, I will put my workouts on there as well sometimes. And people were really liking it. So around this time, I believe Instagram started coming on the scene. I think around 2012, something like that. Is that when you started your YouTube or when did you start No, I started YouTube in 2011, right? But it was like, not quality, you know, it was, I was recording it from my computer. You know what I mean? No HD, um, my iPad, whatever, whatever I can get it up there with. So, um, and I, I didn't have the intentions of building a brand or a channel, I remember a friend of mine, David Avila, he was explaining to me about Google AdSense and how you can monetize it. And the way he described it, it sounded so complicated, and it sounded like such tiny amounts of money. I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> so it took me a year before I actually monetized my channel. But anyway, so 2012, things start to really take off because now I'm, on, I'm pretty much spread out on all these social media platforms. And... um so people have access to me, people are sharing the workouts. Like, one thing about social media, what people don't understand, they're like, how do I grow this, or build that? I'm like, what do you do? Like, for what? Like, what is your purpose? Why do you want to build it? Uh, just want to motivate people or whatever they say. They say things that they think they're supposed to say versus I want to teach people how to do X, Y, Z, or I just want to make people laugh, or it's got to be a reason that people are gonna share it, or come keep coming back checking for it, right? So like the people that I subscribe to, there's there's reasons, there's information, or or they're funny, or there's reasons that I keep going back to them, you know? So uh, I was really breaking down everything, and when I would do a video on YouTube, you know, you would see the workout, but you would have me explaining why, how many, how long, right? Because my training is, is is unconventional. It's not like the you know majority of stuff out there. I'm not saying it's better. It's just different. So I was explaining it, and people were like, "Okay, I like that." So that's what that was. That's what was making people gravitate towards me. So at this point, um, 2012, my bandwidth is becoming is exceeding my capacity of training people. I'm talking about all day, like I, I was turning turning away clients. I had to start doing semi-private so that I could do groups of people at a time. It was just becoming too much. So I had never taken any supplements at this point. So I took a fat burner one day, and I was like, "Oh, this is perfect," because I was not having the energy to train everybody and be upbeat. And you know, I don't want somebody to come in and I'm not in a good mood. So and that would like kind of help elevate my mood and all of that. But it would be weird side effects that I would feel. Then i try to pre-workout the same. I like the energy, but it would be some kind of weird side effects. So what I, would, what I did was I started <clears throat> taking my phone and taking pictures of the backs of the ingredients on the products that I liked. And from there, I would research each ingredient, right? So when people ask me very specific questions like, how do I start a gym? How do I start a supplement company? In my head, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you just don't got it. If you have to ask me, because I didn't ask anybody, it's like the information is out there, right? Now, unless I have somebody that's already in, I guess I would ask them. But I didn't know I didn't know anybody. I didn't have anyone to ask. And I didn't even think that. I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, look this up. Now, keep in mind, I wasn't researching this, these ingredients with the intentions of starting a company. I was researching these ingredients so I can make my own product for me that give me what I wanted, what I liked out of what I felt. And I can eliminate what I didn't like, right? The side effects. So, and that's what I did. Um, I would work all day long. I would fall asleep with my computer on my chest yeah. every night because I'm researching late at night. And that's something that I tell people all the time. They want to hop out the frying pan into the fire. I'm like, don't quit your job yet. You don't have any money coming in yet. You know, so. So what I did, you can still be working your nine to five plus overtime, and when you off, you got time to study. You know what I mean? You're not eighty. <laughs> you're not. You got the energy. When you're young, you can sacrifice sleep. That's not the best thing to do, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So that's what I did. So I started uh, sourcing the ingredients to try, and you know there weren't quality. You know, I, through Amazon, wherever I could find it. It was stuff coming from China. <clears throat> it would work, but it wasn't the best stuff. It was crude. But I was using it on myself. My first batch, my first protocol of the pre-workout, I almost killed myself. I didn't have a... You measure these things in such small amounts, milligram scales. And I just went to the smoke shop to find one. The smallest they had was a gram. I'm like, milligram, gram. That's a big difference, yeah. Right. So I measured it by sight, the caffeine and hydrous with a spoon. I'll use a tablespoon full for one serving. That's crazy, right? So um, I kind of put myself in a coma for like a day. Wow. It was crazy. But anyway, we get into that another you time. You had to go through that process to fine-tune yeah, it? Yeah, but I still, yeah. you know, I, I lived it. Yeah. So anyway, so I finally got it to where, you know, this is good. It tastes horrible because I didn't know anything about masking flavors, yada, yada, yada. But... I just wanted the effects and I got that and I was good. So at this time, a lot of people, my name was, get, was getting a buzz in the fitness community and people were starting to reach out to me for like different brand deals or sponsorships and stuff like that. And I was, I've always been my own person, not really wanting to hop on a team or whatever, just do my own thing. But um, one guy hit me up in particular. He was like, you ever thought about doing your own supplement line? Now, that sounded more attractive to me than versus, hey, would you like to represent my company? So I'm like, funny you ask. So you guys, anybody in my life at this time? My kitchen looked like a laboratory. So I took pictures of everything in my kitchen and I sent it to him. I said, I'm kind of doing that now. He's like, really? So we started talking about the formula and stuff like that. And he was impressed and we met up and um, he said he can help with the manufacturing and All the back-end stuff, I said, okay, but as long as this is the formula, yada, yada, yada. I didn't think nothing of it. Um, We agreed. We shook hands. We came up with an agreement, and uh, we had a company. We started a company. And um, my first month, I made, like, three grand. I was like, this is all right. Like, this is extra money. Not thinking nothing of it. And every month, it just kept increasing. And then we started adding products. And then it just grew to what it became. And that company is unique because I got into it not knowing anything about the industry. So I'm doing everything wrong, but everything right. Because everything, the way they do it, it's a flooded lane. It's so flooded. I was selling all direct to, to consumer. My mar- I'm making all my margins, right? So when I would say, oh, what I did this year, like, say if I said I, I did a million this year, this past year, right? and ABC company did a million. My million, I made $600,000, when the guy that owns this company might have made $150,000 because it's wholesale and it's cheaper. When mine was all retail. So that's how I did, made all my money. So uh, I was making a killing. Um, It did well, but um, I started, you know, as you grow and you evolve, you know, that company was strictly meathead products, you know, gym rat products. And I'm a gym, head, gym rat, I'm a meathead, all of that. I, I, I own it. But I'm also very concerned with, with health and with brain functionality and things of that nature. So just a natural progression of mine was to grow outside of that and do something bigger and better, really good for people and um and for myself. So that's when myself and two good friends of mine who also had successful businesses as well, we came up with the idea of doing Ambrosia. Um, I thought of doing it first. I wanted to do a, a nootropic product for cognitive, uh, uh, cognitive functioning. And um, so I got with them. We started talking about it. And we were like, you know what? We all have our own thing going on. We can do this, put as much money into it as we want, not worry about margins, not worrying about making money on it. We just don't want to lose money, but we can make the absolute best supplement company ever, right? I'm talking about creative ingredients, creative formulas, but really good, really effective, not cutting any, any corners. You know, people source ingredients. They try to get the cheapest ingredient they can in a particular uh, field to make the most margins. We didn't think about that at all. We said we'll make it affordable for people, but we're gonna get the best ingredients. So that makes our margins smaller. Mm-hmm. But we didn't care because we were making money. Quality more. is what you guys focus on, right? Yeah, we weren't concerned about money at all with that. It was a love child pro- project, a passion project. So we started, you know, doing our thing with that passively, but passively. Like the first year, did like a million dollars in sales. Wow. When the tax time came, I was like, really? How, right? So a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, international, a lot of wholesale, you know. So I got to the point where like you know what, I was getting better and better offers on on my, my first company. I said I'm gonna sell. And I'm gonna just go all in with Ambrosia, and that's what I did. And ever since then, it's been just taken off so crazy, and um, I feel, it's something I feel really good about. I can sell anything that I really believe in totally anything and the products that we have are very difficult to sell i have a product called night owl which is to protect you from blue light right and macular degeneration delivering magnesium to the brain how do you sell how is that going to compete with a fat burner Burner. something you can take and you feel immediately Yeah. yeah but we're doing it and i like those kind of challenges yeah you know That's awesome. Well,
0: a lot of the products you guys have, I wouldn't mind, uh, if you don't mind sharing some of the different types, like this is a plant-based protein, um, and you guys aren't just focused on fitness, but health in general, optimizing that. So do you mind sharing with people a little bit about the different products you guys offer?
2: Yeah. Right here is Planta, and Planta, I mean, is doing so good. Just launched it uh, in October, and we can't keep this stuff in in stock. It's crazy. But... The thing about it is a lot of plant-based proteins don't taste the best, Yeah. yeah. which is something that I don't mind because I just want the benefits of it. Um, I stopped drinking whey protein a long time ago because of the lactose. The, the beautiful thing about planta is you don't have to be a vegan or a vegetarian to enjoy the benefits of it, right? But until now, most people wouldn't want plant-based protein because of the taste. It was gritty. And whey, it's really hard to beat how good and smooth whey protein is. However, we took our time with the, flavor, with the flavoring of planta. And it's not, nothing will ever beat whey as far as smoothness and taste. But we're right there. As far as plant-based proteins, there's nothing even close to that, the smoothness and how good it tastes. And most plant-based proteins are, this is one source uh, of aminos. So... Mm-hmm. They'll have like a pea protein or whatever like that. So we have organic pea and organic rice, brown rice. So it's two sources. So it has a full amino profile, like a whey protein would have. So you don't need an additional protein source when you have something like this. And a lot of vitamins, a lot of minerals is good for you. And and that's important because a
0: lot of the products out there, as you know, they're marketed towards fitness people and they just... A lot of the products they're not good for you. Like they might all be right. good for the aesthetics, um, mm-hmm. you know, the gym, but there's all these additional uh, ingredients put in there that can compromise your health. And just because someone looks good on the outside doesn't mean they're healthy on the inside. I know you've, you know, your philosophy is all about health and the fitness component too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool. So do you guys, what was your first product, I guess,
2: and what are, what other types of products do you guys sell? Yeah, the very first product with the Ambrosia was Mental Jewels, which was, I wanted to do a product like this ever since I saw the movie Limitless. know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible to, to mirror that, but we're close. So it's all herbal, it's good for you, it's healthy. There's people, you can read my reviews, there's people. We get emails time and time again of people that was hooked on Adderall that's not anymore, because this doesn't just give you that brain boost but it it helps repair the brain and make the brain healthier because everything in it is herbal and it's natural it's something you got to take every day but it's it's an amazing product and it's so important brain health is the mo is one of the most important that's this that's the control system you know what i mean so um i'm big on that so that was the very first product Uh, we have ritual which is it's pretty much like a keto coffee right so um it's a it's a creamer you can use it it's an all-naturally non-dairy creamer Um, it you know makes your coffee taste amazing or you can drink it in hot water as if it was coffee and what it's doing is delivering exogenous ketones to the body and the brain so we all know about the ketogenic diet and stuff like that so ritual can help put you in a state of ketosis without eliminating all the carbs you know what i'm saying so And for those who do intermittent fasting like I do, it keeps you satiated for most of the day until it's time to eat, right? So, I mean, the, you know, people are taking the coffee and putting butter and MCT oil and all that. You don't have to do that with ritual because we have the essential things that you need for a ketogenic diet in it already, right? And it tastes good. And for those who don't like coffee, we made a, a version of it that's like orange juice. You know, so it's still yeah. like a morning drink or your morning ritual. Um, we have that, we have Nectar, which is an organ support. I mean, that's as important as it gets. Yeah. I've seen the direct benefits of that when I'm uh, getting my blood work done and not changing anything but implementing Nectar. You know, I've seen numbers change for the better. So, and these are things like people don't understand, <clears throat> training is good for you to an, to an extent. You know, uh, typically people are eating, you know, with the carbs, fats, proteins, a lot of protein, a lot of protein is still breaking down, passing through the kidneys and damaging it, right? As well as the lactic acid that you're breaking down in your muscles is also passing. So we need things to counteract that. People don't realize that the good you're doing, you're still damaging yourself inside. So it kind of counteracts that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Nectar. And um, it's just a phenomenal uh, product and it tastes. So that's the beautiful thing about our products. It's a pleasure to take. They taste good. You know what I mean? They're refreshing. They taste good. And that's important. That was important to me and my my business partners because, like, we want to be the coolest kids on the block. I don't want to be in the group with everybody else, you know? So at any expo, when people come by my booth, they're like, all the creatives, everything I do is different from everybody else's. You know, I got I gotta show you my banner. It's like Neil DeGrasse Tyson and Bruce Lee and quotes and people are just standing there looking at it. It's like the universe back there. They're just even if they don't know who I am, they're coming to just read it, to check it out. It's like art. And that's what we're all about. Even down to to my blog. I write a, a blog every week. Every week. And um I just did I just completed a, a a series about different types of intelligence, right? And most blogs from a supplement company is about products. It's trying to get you back in the cell. When we came out, I was very adamant, like this is not just about selling supplements. This is promoting a healthy, progressive uh, lifestyle. What I wanna do is share some of the nuggets, some of the little life hacks that we've we've gathered on our journey, and that we're still learning, and share it with you guys, like, cool information. Like, how many times you come across something really cool and you want to share it with your buddy? So I have a lot of people at my disposal that I can share cool information with. So I just did a whole blog. Uh, uh, three Over the past three weeks, I broke down the nine different types of intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Because I can recognize how important physical intelligence is, or, you know, naturalistic intelligence is, You know, and a lot of times in our society, all of the weight is placed on like a very just, you know, like IQs, SATs. When you can have a super high IQ, but socially awkward, not doing anything with your life. And it's pointless. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to show people like it's about being a well-rounded person and showing people that there is different levels of intelligence. It's not just one and not just one gets you anywhere in life. You need a combination of multiples, but that's just an example of the type of information that I put out because I just do what I want to do. It's not industry stuff. They don't get it. I don't care. I don't I'm not trying to appease industry people. I'm appeasing the people who consume our products, who subscribe to my information yeah and that's that's one thing I think that's been a key component
0: to your ex- success is differentiating mm-hmm. you know and it, you're getting into a space, the supplement space, which is one of the most competitive industries out there. but one thing I love is you weren't deterred by that, but also you found a way to differentiate whether it's you know in, you know creating a better quality product or the taste, the flavor um, you know you're creating great content as well. you've got a YouTube channel which gives people a chance to connect with you and relate to you and and follow you and everything too, which helps to promote the products as well. So do you mind sharing a little bit about what was the mindset, I guess, around differentiating? Did you consciously think about that when you first decided decided to get into this space or did that kind of evolve as you went? And were you at all intimidated, I guess,
2: to get into a space that is so competitive? Okay. I wasn't intimidated in the least the bigger the obstacle, I run at it harder. Love that's that. just how I am, right? And when they say that's not how you do it, I'm like, watch me. Yeah. Good. You had that belief. I'm like, remember, Dude. don't change your, your 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 position. Keep that. Watch me. I love that. Um, as far as me differentiating myself, it wasn't a conscious thing. It's just how I am. I don't go with the crowd ever. I, you know, there's like, there's times like my buddy back here or somebody will, Tell me about a really cool show, just because everybody's talking about it. I don't want to see it, yeah. and then I'll watch it like a year later when it's not popular no more. That's how weird I am <laughs> with being different. So that's just me. That's my own thing. But um, but no, I I um, when I have a vision on how to, I think something, first of all, I'm on you know, I hear a lot of people um like influencers or whomever talk about embracing a loss and this that and third, and I just don't subscribe to that. I win, I like to win. With that being said, I'm not naive. I don't go into spaces to where I don't think I can win. So when I do something, it's because I'm very confident that I can do well at it. So uh, with that being said, I have my ideas on how to do it already, right? And it may may be contrary to popular wisdom. Now, I don't go into it um, narrow-minded. If somebody's suggesting something that makes sense, I'm with it. I'll implement it. But I typically, I tend to have my own idea of how I want to communicate this product, how I want to promote this product. And, and it's with Ambrosia, it's, to me, it's, it, seems comp, it seems very difficult to promote such like, products that are not popular. But for me, it's easy because how do you promote it, Mike? I educate people on what it is and why it's important. That's what I used to do when I was training people. When I was sitting down with somebody for a consultation. My father had uh, a quadruple bypass years ago, right? And I remember just diving into learning everything about the heart back then. So when I had when I had somebody sitting in front of me, I would find something in their in their setup that was one little hole and then I would just make it bigger and expose it and talk about it especially with things of health and cardiovascular health and this, that, and the third, to where they're like, okay, I didn't know that. I'm in. And that's the same thing with the products that I have. It's like, this is important. Now that you know about it, if you're not interested in it, okay, maybe you'll come back to it another time, but at least you know now how important magnesium is for your brain or how important, you know, how important it is to make sure your livers are functioning healthy or, or whatever. So, that's to me, marketing is easy because the products that I happen to have are important products. So once I educate you on it, you're you're in. And chances are, I'm not. There's not many people selling what I have. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Everybody has a fat burner and a pre-workout yeah, for sure. You know. So. Yeah, I, w- I want to dive into the mindset because I think there's a
0: lot of really important pieces you mentioned. Before I do though, when you when you first started Ambrosia, what? Um, did you guys just start with one product at first, and then did you find like did you have early success with that? And then how did you guys branch out from all those other products? Like were you guys very strategic about that, or did you just think, hey, you know what, this is a, a great product, I think we'll do well, and you launch that one, and then you launch this one, or how? What was the process, I guess, that you guys went through uh, of launching products?
2: Yeah, we started with one product and um, and it did really really well. So as that momentum started picking up, we, we was like, okay, let's keep going the next product did even better. So what, what a uh, com- what a supplement company is good to, unless you have a ton of uh, money to start out with, you know, you start with one product, you know, see if it works that way, if it don't, you, you haven't lost your life savings, right? So, and everything that I've done just to throw out there, everything I've done so far has always been my own money. I've never got, never raised a dime, never raised any capital. Not that I wouldn't, I just don't know how, never done it, so. So anyway, um, and I believe in myself. I bet it all on me. So you start with one product, you get to gauge the market and see if what you got to do. If you're not selling, you can pull out. It's not too late. It's only one product. So, um, that's what we did. And, and uh, like a smaller inventory too. Like, did you start pretty we, small before you? Yeah, I think we started with a thousand or it was about one or three thousand. I'm not sure. And um, and that was it. And uh, we seen how fast it was moving and. And also, the, the, the product was called Mental Jewels. I have a series, a video series. I was writing a book called Mental Jewels. And um, I have a series of videos called Mental Jewels that were never popular. Like, all my training stuff, people loved it. 100,000, million views. The Mental Jewels, 20,000, 30,000. But I didn't care because, to me, I don't care if it's 10,000. That's a lot of people who's getting to see some real or hear some real information. But anyway... Um, I kept putting it out there, putting it out there, putting it out there, and it became a household name already. So when the product launched, they knew the name. So I branded it before we even had the actual product. Very cool. Yeah. And you guys um, don't even sell on Amazon. Like, I know Mm. we discussed you're going to go there, but... But we don't sell, like, how you sell. Right, Right. You know, and that was something, and it's a funny story we were talking about before we started filming... When I was doing my research on Amazon, I came across your, your channel and you made a point. You said that, you know, the, and the goal is to get your own site to so where you yeah. sell up on there. And that kind of slowed down some of my momentum right. yeah. towards Amazon. But we do have an Amazon store. Um, we do sell on Amazon, but we haven't put I haven't put the engine there yet. You know, and that is something that is something that I do want to do because <clears throat> I'm fascinated with the times that we live in that you can sit at home and really run a successful business, or you can travel and do it from your phone. You know That's fascinating to me, and I like to leave no stones unturned because it seems like I'm, like I'm doing really, really well. I have a large following. I, I know how to communicate to my following, to sell. I have my sites, multiple sites that all get a lot of traffic, so it seems like I don't need Amazon. But I'm not satisfied with that. I got to go there. I got to go into that dark space. We never know what can happen out of that, right? And also, like you know, a lot of times these, these sites, marketing strategies, everything changes all the time. It's an ever-evolving organism, marketing, sales. So who knows, by the time I get clicking with Amazon, it might be more beneficial for me to be there. I don't know that yet. So it's in my best interest, the way my mind thinks, to, to go there. Totally. So did was the do you guys primarily sell you have your own website? Is it like a, a
0: Shopify store or like e-commerce? Yeah, it's a
2: Shopify store. Um my last company I used, Big Commerce. Um, I'm pretty familiar with all of the different uh uh e-commerce stores out there. So this one is Shopify, it's really easy, really comprehensive. Do it I can change and do everything with my phone. Um <clears throat> excuse me. I like Shopify. Um, yeah, everything is ran through there. Uh We do do a lot of wholesale as well. Uh, One of my partners, he specializes in that. His name is Mark. And um, that goes through a separate Shopify store, but we're in the process of putting everything together. But it's like we have two businesses. But um, yeah, it's all, everything is is clicking, firing. It's a well-oiled machine. Yeah, no, I I think what you're doing, um,
0: like as I mentioned that one video, is the long-term goal, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have more control, you make more money. Uh, you know, you're not depending on Amazon because a lot right. of people they just build an Amazon business, but then Amazon has control over right. everything, right? right? And I think for probably most people, Amazon's like the easier way to start, mm-hmm. just because they have like the platform. They make it a lot easier than what you've done, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, you set up an awesome business. You guys like your marketing is really good too. Like, you guys. Um, don't just use Shopify, but you have like landing pages and like oh, yeah. you funnel people from Instagram ads right to like a, a landing page offer, all yeah. that sort of stuff too. So, you guys have built like a, a really awesome business. Oh yeah, we are landing page fanatics. Yeah. I yeah. love it.
2: Are you guys so, using like ClickFunnels or something for that? Or what? nah, we're building everything in oh, wow. house. Yeah, I got we got a really talented team. Really, I'm very fortunate, man. Like I've been in this business for a while now, since 2012. And, you know, I know a lot of people, but I really connect with a small amount of people. And the network now is really, is small, but very concentrated with talent, you know. And, um, you know, smart guys, you know, I got a lot of quirky and weird ideas. They like it, you know what I mean? I'm like, can you do this and do that? They're like, yes. And I love that. So, um, and everybody, we all wear different hats, you know, Um, over the, over Black Friday well I did Black Thursday <laughs> and Cyber Monday man I'm in the warehouse preparing orders because we had so many. So to everybody we all there hands on so um, you know it's a, it, the the work environment, my team it's like I guess you could say family that sounds kind of cheesy and cliche but we all get each other and we all we everybody it's, it's no one's around for the paycheck. Right. And that's something that that's big to me because one thing that I hate but I understand is when I'm calling somewhere for service and the person on the phone just don't care. They just it's just a job, right? They just wanna get me off the phone, get to their break. And I, I understand that, so I can't be mad at them, right? But it's like but I can be because I when I go out and I speak, I tell people all the time because a lot of times this is something I wanna to communicate to these people. Social media really messes people up because you have people that might be successful or might look like they're successful telling everyone else, you know, don't be a slave, nine to five, F that, be a boss. I'm like, look, come on, that's goofy. We need, there's nothing, having a job is an honorable thing, right? There's nothing wrong with a nine to five at all. So with that being said, if you have a nine to five, even if it's not your dream job, it's not where you want to end up at, work it like you do want to be there, work it like you love it. First of all, respect the people who are giving you a paycheck. If if it's beneath you, then quit. Tough guy, go do your own thing, right? But if somebody's paying you, you know, be appreciative and really provide the best service that you can, because what it's doing is doing something very powerful, for you powerful for you is you're building and you're developing an ineffable work qual- uh, uh, work, work quality, uh, work capacity and work ethic, right? And that's something that you don't learn in school. You learn that working at a shitty job, at a job that you don't like with a smile on your face. You know what I'm saying? You're building character. So when you do get a position that you really want or you start your own business, you're killing it. You're working all the hours. When you're working hard like that, your team sees that and they want to match you. They don't want to leave the office while you're still there. You know what I'm saying? So, And that's how it is. Um, the guys that stay late, I order Uber Eats. We, we eat. We crack jokes. We have fun. You know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, and those people get rewarded. I tell people all the time, you don't want to be the person that when it's time for budget cuts, that you're in the list. You want them to take, like, this, nope, Steph, nah, don't even think about We'll figure something out with him. These other people can go. You know, when you put in your two weeks notice, they're like, Why? Let's work something out. That's the person you want to be. And working, I don't care if it's McDonald's. You work it to where that's how they feel about you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think you made a really good point that what you're doing right now in your
0: job, even if you hate your job, that will translate to everything else you do. It's not it's not like, you know, you're half-assing your job, you're doing the bare minimum to get by. And then you quit that. You start an, you know, start your own business, and you're going to put everything you can into it. Right. Like, like it. how you're showing up now, right now, with your existing job. That's the opportunity, even if you don't like it, to build those habits and the work mm-hmm. ethic, and teach yourself to have discipline, or you know, add value and contribute to the customers, to your employer. Because then, once you do start your own business, that will go along with it. And 100%. not maybe not just with that, but maybe everything else you do like I'm sure it does your in life. Yeah. Yeah. I think like for you, like your training and your boxing, like you, all of what you've, uh, I guess been through there that has contributed
2: to your success today in business. Listen, man, let me tell you that is what you're saying is, is it gets no truer than that. I've been through, you don't know my whole story and I will talk about it at some point, but I've been through the worst that you can go through. And, I, and I, it's funny, I had a conversation with somebody about this this morning. I dealt with it with a smile, and nobody knew what was going on, right? Like, everything looked bleak. Like, why is he even doing this? If they knew that, that's what they would say. But I did it until it went away, right? So, you know, my father always told me, um, you don't develop character when times are great, a lot of money, and everybody. No, you develop character when, when the lights go out you lose the job, your tires flat, whatever. And how you do it is you keep your head up, you still treat people good, be nice, be kind, and smile. You smile through that. What can be difficult if you could smile in the face of adversity? Nothing. And, and in my life, you know, I got a lot of people, the family, whatever, I gotta help all the time. When they're crying and I'm ranting and going on about, I'm like, what's going on? And They tell me, I'm like, okay, I got you. Like, but in my mind it's like, that's nothing. You know, and even the things that I deal with, every you're gonna you're gonna run it, especially in business, you're going to run into brick walls. It's gonna happen. It it will never go exactly how you think it's gonna go. Okay, dig under it, go around it, bust through it, climb over, it, figure out a way around it, figure it out. You can do it. But sometimes people, oftentimes people get to that 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 mountain or that wall, head down, and they go back. And I understand that, but it's not for everybody to climb. I get it. But if you can persevere through that, it just builds your strength. And it, it transcends through everything. Relationships, which are significant others, friendships, everything. So, you know, that's very important. Yeah, there's the physical muscles... There's also the emotional
0: mm-hmm. muscles that you're building too, awesome. and I think that's a good transition into mindset because that's such a key component of success and you've already given a lot of clues to your mindset you know you're obsessed and focused on quality, you have the work ethic um you know you, you have the confidence you're you know you're not intimidated by things, so I guess my question is how did you develop that like was it Did you kind of always have it or did you have to work on yourself
2: a lot? Did you have mentors? Did you read books? Like, how did you develop that mindset? I don't know. I think my father, he was a, my father put the battery in my back, you know, and um, I, my mother too, my mother treated me like a prince when I was a kid. So I had a a lot of confidence because of her. She always dressed me nice. She treated me like a doll, I guess, (laughs) like, you know? but and she complimented me all the time so i always had confidence and and i always were happened to be good at the things that i did like if it be sports even academically you know i was like valid victorian honor roll all of that stuff so i think just the course that my parents put me on life wasn't perfect by any means we had a lot of problems but they set me on a, a a course i always felt special, not in a sense that I was supposed to be some big famous person, but I felt special. I've always felt and recognized quality in me. And, um, so that's pretty much why I, I move the way I move. And I think the way I think I'm just, you know, and I was the only child. So that gives a lot of space for creativity and me doing things and figuring things on my own, not doing it, how my big brother do it. You know what I'm saying? So and that was something that I always wish I had, but I'm glad that I didn't now as an adult because I am unique and I'm weird, <laughs> you know, I get it, but I appreciate it and I like being weird. You know what I mean? I don't wanna be like everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Did you, um,
0: you know, I, I guess you know, with, along the journey of entrepreneurship, have you encountered some pretty big failures, challenges, and how did you, I guess what's your mindset around encountering those
2: adversities and challenges along the way? Yeah, man, Um, in 2017, well, 2015, I was in the process of opening a gym in Miami, and um, I ended up taking on a partner that I didn't intend on taking on, but he was very persuasive, and to run him off, I wrote an operating agreement that was just completely biased for me, and I said, if he say yeah, then I'll do it. He said, yeah, So too good to be true, (laughs) that's a real thing. So come to find out, as we moved on, we opened the gym, huge success. I mean, you know, my grand opening, I really promoted it. I made sure everybody, all the big names, I'm friends with the people, all the big influencers. And they all came out and it, it became a big event, the grand opening. We had something like 3,000 people came in throughout the day, people flying from other countries. I'm like, you're from where? Okay. You know, it was really cool. And, um, but anyway, my business partner was involved in a lot of shady things. And these are things that I didn't know. I, I very rarely go into business with people I don't really know. And he was the first one that I did. And um, it caught up to him, to him. And it all came down at my gym, you know, in 2017. And uh, it was a huge thing. So uh, I ended up closing in 2017. I was, I was going to renegotiate everything with the landlord, but you know, um, commercial real estate and Miami is ridiculously expensive and he tried to go up on that. It was just a mess. And I had such a bad taste in my mouth from everything that had happened there in Miami. I just haven't tried to even consider reopening yet. Uh, it's something that's deep down that I do have to conquer. But, yeah, I had a a failure, and it was because I took on a business partner who agreed to fund almost everything. And it was just a situation that was just too good to be true. And, you know, when I take inventory of my life and everything that I've accomplished thus far, nothing was super easy to do. You know, I had to save money and wait to this and do that. So for somebody to say, here, here's the money, that's too good to be true. And it was too good to be true. And deep down, I knew it was too good to be true. So, you know, me not following my intuition on that, being greedy, you know, um, that backfired big time, and that hurt bad. When I got the phone call about the things that were happening, you know, it hurt, it stung, and it stung for a while because people really loved the gym. Like, I would get compliments in different countries. Like, hey, I was at your gym, and your staff is so cool. They made me feel welcomed. And um, that was a hard thing to swallow. And then you got to hear about all the time when you're reopening. Yeah. I'm like, eh, just go away. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it's something I'm going to do at some point. But right now, a gym is not a gym is not a big money maker. Not that everything I do is for money, but um, it's not super important for me to jump on right now. But it's something that I do want to do because just for street cred, you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. Just to have a cool, the best gym out there. Yeah.
0: So what do you, I guess, what is your mindset around failure? Because Mm -hmm. I think everybody's going to encounter that, whether, you know, maybe that first product you launched wasn't as successful as you thought, or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you mentioned before, like, not everything's going to go as you expect. So what's the mindset you have around failure? And then what do you think, like, what does it take to be a successful entrepreneur? Like, are there any other mindsets that help you? Like you mentioned making sacrifices and... Um, you know, you set goals and and things like that. I'd love to hear just your thoughts
2: on certain mindsets that have helped you get to where you are today. Right. There's no failure. Is market research. You figure out why this right here didn't work, pick it apart, and then either, if that's not for you, leave it alone, go into something else, or reconstruct it the right way. Figure out what you did for it not to work at that time. Failure is such a fatal word. Like, I ah, failed. You got an F. So I don't really like to subscribe to that or lose or anything like that. I see everything as glass half full. Everything. So, yeah, it's you got to be tough. You got to have thick skin in this business. You, I'm sure you know. There's a lot of vultures out there. There's a lot of, you know, people that's just... They have no humanity. It's all money for them. So, um, but... You got to have thick skin. And listen, if something don't work, okay. It didn't work like that. Reconstruct it. Don't dwell on it. Don't go crying to everybody about it. Because no one, as much as you think, they care. No one wants to hear it. No one cares. You know, unfortunately, that's just a fact. So just suck it up and keep working. That's it. It just be tough. Listen, we all have the same 24 hours every day. once those days, Once those hours are gone, you can't get it back. So you're gonna spend your time complaining or doing something productive, on to the next thing. So, and my thing is like, look, one thing that I know is gonna happen is I'm gonna die one day. So I need to do as much as I can every day. Okay. So when I'm gone, everything is good, you know. So yeah, I, I wouldn't sit around with something that didn't work out too long. Yeah. I would just pick a, take a, take out what works and move on. Yeah. So what advice would you give uh majority of
0: people watching this? Maybe they're brand new to business. They've got that nine to five. They want to make that transition. You mentioned, you know, and I'd love for you to share, like, when you first were the personal trainer, just taking that leap of faith into mm-hmm. the unknown, to being an entrepreneur,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that was a bit of transition. There's fear that people have around that. Um, but anything that anything you can offer for someone maybe that's watching this, that's in that position, They've got their job they want to make that transition they want to be be an entrepreneur maybe it's on Amazon,
2: maybe it's their own store, maybe it's whatever what advice would you give to someone like that? Just really embrace the fact that first of all don't quit your job if you're a side job if you what you want to do is not bringing in money yet right so just do it on the side just do it on the side yeah. after work on your lunch break before work whatever you have the time I don't want to hear people don't have time you got a time you can do a lot right? So, start generating money. And if it's enough money for you to, excuse me, to cover your necessities and all of that stuff, then go for it. Listen, you gotta go for it. It's gonna be scary, but, or don't. And let somebody else go and become their own boss. But hop in that ocean, you either sink or you swim. It's simple. Don't sink. Don't sink. You know, just get out there. You got to be brave. It is what it is, but you will develop. You will develop strong skin, tough lungs, and you'll be able to swim laps. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're gonna love it. It's fun. You know, it's fun. Once the payoff is 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 just having financial freedom. It's crazy when I think about. You know, what I used to make like at this one, when I was a trainer working for a gym what I would make in a year is like a week now, a year. And that's most people's yearly salary is something that we could do on one transaction. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, but when I was there, it was normal to me. And I think if I was talking to me, this mic, talking to that mic, I probably wouldn't have believed. I'm like, nah. You know what I'm saying? It's a different reality. Right. So, but what y'all should know is that that is real, it's real. Somebody came up to me at an expo one day and was like, yeah, y'all yeah, really make money. I was like, whatever you wanna think, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, it's real. It's a lot of multimillionaires on the internet, you know, starting starting from scratch, from their own hustle, their own grind. And uh, it's just, I love the time that we live in. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. It's amazing. Um, the last question
0: I have before I wrap up, um, I guess for the people that are watching this that maybe already have a business, maybe they're running five figures, six figures, um, and they want to scale it up, they've got a product. What can you share with them that you've learned that's allowed you to scale up? Maybe it's you know building your team or what you know what have you been the most important things that have allowed you to scale your business?
2: Yeah, building a team is very important. Um, when when, I, when I, I remember my first time hitting a hundred thousand dollars. In sales in a month, i like, okay, this is good. But then the growing pains come. I have to buy more inventory to be in stock. I had to hire another customer service person, another shipping person. So you're gonna have to, you know, endure those growing pains. Don't trip about it right now. Don't. try You're not trying to cash out right now. You gotta keep putting your money in your own company. You will get to a point to where you're just making money hand over fist. But in the beginning. I don't care two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a month in sales, you may not still be making the money that you think you should be making yet, but you gotta keep invest reinvesting and getting your ship, everything has gotta be efficient, right? And and smooth. So keep putting the money back into your 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 company and make sure your product is good, you know, and customer service need to be on point. It's very important. And um that's really it. You know, my experience is always products and things that I'm really into, so it makes it really easy for me to sell this stuff, right? And I'm in a position to to put out really high quality of whatever I'm doing, so that's what I'm about. I know there's other business models that, you know, that's not the end all, but for me that is, so I can't really go into to that, but I would say just qualify yourself and your services and your products to be the best that it could be in your market. But um, that's it, and work your ass off. Yeah. And for the people that's also for the people that want to transition from 9 to 5 to working for themselves, happy hour, taco Tuesday, you got to forget about all of that. Yeah. When I stop hanging out with my friends is when things start clicking for me, right. you know what I mean? And I still love these guys. I never see them, though, because they're, you know, they're doing Taco Tuesdays still. And I'm doing what I'm doing. So that's time is your most valuable asset and commodity. Yeah. Use it wisely. Yeah, and part of getting what you want is knowing what you have to give up, right. or the price you have
0: to pay for it, mm-hmm. right? At least in the short term, right? Yeah. In the like short term, you got to make those. It doesn't have to be forever,
2: but short right. term, you are going to have to make some of those sacrifices. 100%. I mean, you sacrifice that social stuff now. Think. your social later. Like, I don't take time off. You know, I'm, I, I travel all the time, but I'm always working still. You get to work in Australia, in New Zealand, in London, wherever, right? So you sacrificing a little, low this is not fun. That stuff is not fun once you get to travel the world and still make money and still have fun. That's, f- but to me, making money is fun. That's the ultimate fun, I'm sorry. Yeah. And when you're doing what you love, right? Which for you your mission, love. your purpose. But one of the things there. that I love, I'm gonna keep it 100 with you, yeah. is making money. Totally I love yeah. making money. Yeah. I love the more money I have, the happier I am. And I'm not saying money is the source of happiness, but it is a source of happiness. Everybody will come up and be super moral and, you know, it's not about the money. I don't subscribe to that. In this world, you need money. And the more money you have, if you're not some self-destructive person, the better off you are for people. You can help people. You can, you know, pay your parents' mortgage off or whatever. You can do really nice things. But you need money, and money is a, it's not the, but it is a source of
0: happiness. Yeah. I, I always look at money as a tool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's the freedom that it can provide. You know, you can invest more in yourself, your own growth, have more experiences. You can have more stuff and more materialistic things too, but the experiences and the rewards from that, or being able to, as you said, contribute and help people in different ways or mm-hmm. invest in other ideas that you have and turn that into a reality. So, mm-hmm on the same page with you. So, yeah. um, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. How man. can people find out more about you?
2: What's the, What's your YouTube, uh, your Instagram? YouTube, slash Mike Instagram, Mike Everything is Mike Rashid. Okay, so and the, and the website simple. for Ambrosia? Uh, ambrosiacollective.com, real simple. Awesome, so we'll link to all of that for you
0: guys in the description of this video. Check out Mike, follow him. He's got so much incredible information, especially check out his products, too if you want to improve and optimize your health. But thank you again, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for watching. If you enjoyed it, hit the thumbs up button here on YouTube. Subscribe for more YouTube videos. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.
1: Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value,